This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, historians, and others barely acknowledged by the mainstream media. I'll be your host, Taj. Today, I'm talking with Paul Rivers Bailey. He is a singer and songwriter representing New York City. We'll be talking about his EP entitled Love Electric. Paul Rivers Bailey, welcome to Books, Beats, and Beyond. Uh, man, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Well, we appreciate you on here. So we always like to start, and you said you're from New York City. Just wondering if you were born and raised in New York City. Yeah, man. No, I, I actually was born in uh, San Francisco, okay. uh, California, in the Bay. And um, but I grew up primarily in New York. Um, what part? You know, like uh, between Queens and Long Island. My dad mm-hmm. lives in Long Island. My mom lived in Queens. Okay. So yeah. So what parts? Cool, man. Um, I lived actually um, Hillside and 209th, right there oh, from yeah. Francis Lewis. Yeah. And then uh, and then my dad lived in uh, Hempstead, like real close to like Hofstra University, right oh, yeah. there. So yeah, yeah, man, that's cool. I spent yeah. about a decade in the city, mostly in Brooklyn yeah. though. But I used to have parts of Queens I used to work. I, I definitely know where you are in the Hillside. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a great, nah, it's really, really a cool area, man. It's like we're so much culture. So, yeah. many, so many diverse people. Um, so you get a real good perspective. So how did that, how did that impact your music? Was it a, did it really affect your music in any way? Influence you in you any know, way? I think yes. New York, New York has always going to have a big influence um, musically on you. Just uh, my family is very musical, so my dad was really involved in music, and so was my mom growing up. In what ways? So. Uh, my dad was is a producer, um, so he produced like for different groups and had a studio of his own and went out and did. He actually would work during the week and then he'd go and do shows on the weekend and you know club dates and, wow. and weddings and he had like an actual uh, studio um, and um, wedding company. Like he did like you know, um, sorry, he did weddings uh, for other people like private parties and things like that. So that was like for years of my life. So I, as a little kid, I got to go out with him a lot and watch him do it. Oh, know? wow. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And your mom, your mom? And my mom, she, um, you know, primarily was a vocalist in uh, church and did a lot of, um, you know, she did a lot of like singing in church. And also she also did some stuff um, more operatic soprano kind of mm. work like she's saying doing like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so you know she continued on doing it for a while but you know after a little while you know kids and yeah. other things yeah and she, she she went into her other passions right <laughs> so, right so when did you know that you can sing i think it was about four years old man oh really yeah, wow like, yeah like four years old my dad actually i i don't know where the pictures i saw it recently like where he took me out to a show i was like dressed up like him the whole thing and he <laughs> gave me a microphone it was like you know here you go so i sang and, and it was cool it was, it was like you know i think it's older when you start really starting to recognize oh man like i really want to do this and yeah. it's obviously older when you start thinking man but you know you start listening to how your voice sounds and right. first hear that recording back but it was pretty early in my house man like young kids we were singing and making up songs wow. it was just like you know 
drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you had the iPhone and all that back then? <laughs> oh, there would be some very bad recordings that people would be able to hear. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so cool. let's talk about the EP, Love Electric. Yeah. Basically, um, obviously, we live in a very modernized um, society where everybody is, you know, on their phones, listening to music, on the earbuds, watching videos, you know, TV, the whole thing, right? Yeah. Computers constantly. And um, and so I, I realized that, like, you know, that's part of my life. I, I actually, you know, outside of music, also work in tech. So uh, I like you know, I actually like know that like how those messages of what happens in the world get to us and how mm. we process them and what we think. And so for me, it was like, you know, uh, one of the lines in the main song was feel it coming through the speakers, feel it in your soul. You're talking about and the song electric love. Is that right? Lo yeah. Love electric is what it's called. Oh, I'm it's sorry. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's called love electric. So it's the title track of the EP. And, um, and so that, that is what I'm referring to. It is just basically like how sound and, imagery and all these things can can actually reach us and so basically like trying to use love as the elixir to like a lot of the things that that mm -hmm. we face in our day-to-day -day and in our life like really you love is the elixir like the main thesis of the whole record right i get it okay and so what like the love electric also mean like you know relation to music and the technology around that music is that what you're your, your, your kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it's not so much, it's that, it's how we're getting it, right? So it's ah, not so much yeah. about the technology, it's just like, like before, love would be like, hey, I sent you a card. Oh, love right, would be right. Like, hey, I sent you, like, yeah. you know, hey, I wrote you a handwritten note. Yeah. But now, like, love could be as simple as, hey, let me send you that, I sent you a time message through a text, That's or true. I made a meme, yeah. or I, like, you know, I'm talking to you on the phone, and I said something. It's so, you right. know, like, this is how we communicate. So, I'm just saying that, like, you know, and, and sound itself has a certain vibration, That's in my right. opinion, yeah. that resonates, you know, with people in general. So just, like, how do we use that as a way to uplift, to address the not uplift in, like, this fluffy, I hate the whole, like, let's be fluffy and, like, <laughs> you know, gloss over the problems. Right. Let's look at the problems, but then let's also address those problems with, with leading with love, you know? Right. So that was, that's where it is. Ah, I see. And in that song, you said something. You said... The shots they keep throwing at me make me want to throw this whole life away. Mm -hmm. Were you 
considering suicide at, at some point? Yeah, not really so so much suicide in that moment when I wrote that line. Mm-hmm. Um, the The reality is is that um, you know, have I ever had suicidal thoughts? Yes, there's mm-hmm. been moments in my life where I felt like, man. I don't know if I want to keep going on. You know, you go through trouble. Just you get really down. It's like you go down that really dark space. Yeah. Um, but in that moment, it wasn't so much about suicide. It may. It was like I want to give up on the thing. Like it's more about giving up. It's like throw this life away. Mm-hmm. Throw the things that yeah. like you know that like I I, I I'm holding on to. Right. And because at the time when I wrote it, it was. I mean, at the time I wrote it, every other day, right, there was a shooting going on right. of people that looked like myself. Mm-hmm. And every other day there was like, you know, um, and, that, you know, some of that's still going on. Right. But every other day there was there was like something in the news. We were in the height of like all of the ridiculousness that became the, the Donald Trump presidency. Yeah. And we were going through all of that. And so for me, it was like, man, I don't know that I want to keep dealing with these things like you know there has to be a better way than dealing with this you know what's the other options that we have and even i think it was more considering like being in the country being like what was what what do i want to do right like makes me want to throw this life that is kind of like the ideal like oh we're supposed to do this and do that i want to get rid of all Uh, of that and start from scratch right yeah and it seems like um what you just talked about kind of leads into the song enough's enough Children, no conviction, there's no justice for our bodies lost. Blood on pavement, no arraignment, we all know the killer's getting off. And then he does, and enough's enough. When I was listening to that, to that song, I was just thinking like, which one of like the 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 many murders of black people by the so-called law enforcement triggered you to write this song? Was there a certain one that you were just like, okay, that's it, enough is enough? Yeah, you know, I can't say there was one because there were so many. Yeah, um, I think um, Freddie Gray, Eric Gardner, those mm-hmm. ones mm-hmm. really hit. Sandra Bland was like really really tough um, yeah. to to hear as well. Um, in the in the moment that it came up, you know, I have I have children of my own, so that? I was thinking about um, nineteen and four and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking about their well being. Also, it wasn't even just about me. That's why I, you know one of the lines, you know, kill our children, right. because I'm thinking of like, man, my daughter is getting on buses every day. My daughter is like going to to school. She's hanging out with her friends. She is, you know, right. gonna eventually, you know, run into people and, and like. They don't, you know, it's not, I, I think 
you know, at some point I used to think my dad used to say to me, oh, you get past, you know, 25. I'm trying to get you to 25. This yeah. should be the thing, right? Yeah. When I was a kid, I'm trying to get you to 25, make sure that, you know, you're, you're safe and sound. And then you start thinking, oh, okay. And then you see Eric Garner, and you're like, yeah, nah, we're not really safe and sound no. at any, any point. You at know what I mean? Point. Exactly. So you start, you start thinking about those things and you start reflecting on them. And I, and, and what I wanted to present in the song, was the problem right the like let's talk about the problem and then let's talk about the the correlation between modern day and the days that everybody said oh we're past that you know you right. say that, oh we're past that you kind of said let's like lynching as but you equated to these murders of lynching in a way too a hundred percent absolutely 110 percent yeah 110 percent and i and i wanted to i wanted to draw that you know consciously and i really worked with those lyrics like it wasn't Hey, let's just throw one out. I had like the feeling. I went in. I would record something. I would sit back and um, actually came home and and was like just having conversations with my wife about what I wanted to say yeah. and kind of how I wanted to put it out. And we would go back and forth and we would like, you know, it's almost like, especially in my crew of people, it's like workshopping things like, hey, like, what are you what are you feeling? Like, what do you really want to put in this? And right. so I also got to the point at the end of it, you know, of saying like, you know, what the act of violence actually is, you know, and, and, and to me, that's kind of like what I, what my hypothesis of like that is, is that people are, you know, obviously there's a lot of miscommunication. There's a lot of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. There's some people who aren't even aware of their privilege in this world. Like yeah. they're not even aware that that exists. Um, and unless we have real conversations, this idea, this experiment that we're talking about of like, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, you know, all of these things, it can't actually sustain itself because we're all kind of living in an illusionary state of yeah. like, well, I see it this way and you see it that way, but we're not talking. Right. So engaging, I think, is important. Absolutely. And, you know, as I was listening to that song, I was just thinking also like, you know, with with the minimal justice for all these murders, what do you think the system really wants from us? How do you think they want us to respond or even solve this problem that they created? You, you, you think they, do you think the system is broken or you think this is how they want it to be? This is a very interesting conversation on the heels <laughs> of something I just experienced as, as you and I were talking offline, I was telling you that I just went through oh, yeah. uh, doing jury duty mm -hmm. And I went into it really not trusting the system oh, at all. Wow. Um, and I kind of had this feeling of like, man, there's not going to be any justice out here. Mm -hmm. And while I can't disclose everything, obviously, Absolutely. because it's a case, yep. I can say that it did seem the responses to people who I was on the jury with and how they saw things mm -hmm. and what was the way it was stated it really gave me a little bit more faith in the process. Um, uh, if in the process, in the sense that there is that, that the system isn't so much broken, mm -hmm. that it's not the system of government or the justice system itself. Mm -hmm. It's the ingrained prejudices, I think on the micro and macro level, culturally mm -hmm. that have existed for years that need to be broken down and discussed. And not only like the, the grand of like, oh, we're going to protest. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to be on the news. Those are important. And I don't want to minimize that. But I think the day to day engagement, the one on one engagement, the interacting with people in smaller groups, 
that are sometimes uncomfortable conversations yeah. that, you know, that thing where like you have the friend who's like the gay, the, the homophobic uncle or like the racist uncle or the whatever dude that's like, that you just kind of say, Oh, he's just like that. No, yeah. you can't just be like, let's, let's engage. Exactly. Let's talk about those ideas and let's discuss why that's not cool. So I, I've, I've been selected for jury duty, but you and I was never really picked to be mm-hmm. on the jury. And yeah. When you go behind closed doors to deliberate, it's like a little microcosm of the world in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to really understand how oblivious some people are to what was even going on. So mm-hmm. you're saying behind those closed doors, that's like what we should do every day. Like just bring it out on the table and this can help kind of clear the air in a sense to help us move on. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I think that we need to have those small like like conversations from different walks of life. Yeah. Like, and there were all kinds of different demographics: young, old, you know, African American, white, mm. uh, French Canadian. There yeah. was everything, right? And yeah. it was like, and so you could have like these conversations. And I think it was it was um and and really what was most impressive, and I could say this because this doesn't have anything to do with the case. Mm-hmm is the concentration of each person on the rule of law. Mm. And for me, that is the most, that's what we're all talking about. We're talking about the justice system yeah. and how the justice system is broke against and, and you know, improportionately incarcerates, you know, people of color. Right. What we're talking about is, is the, a lot of times is people are not meeting the burden of proof. Mm. And when they're not meeting, and when the burden of proof isn't met, that a person who is, a person who is like, um, you know, a defendant doesn't have to prove their innocence. The right. state has to prove their guilt. And right. that most times is flip-flopped in people's minds. That's right. And that's why you see a lot of us going to jail because of the perceptions that happen in what well, I'm talking about and addressing in media and these other things that come to us through these electric devices, yep. through these things <laughs> that, that then, hey, so let's put some positivity in this messaging. Let's put some, let's put a new spin on it. How can you exactly. see me differently? How can I see you differently? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I always wonder why I was never ever selected to be on the jury. <laughs> like, hmm, well, what is this? You know, and yeah. and when you were there, did you did it seem like some people were trying their best not to be selected? You know, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Some people, some people straight up get don't want to be selected. Yeah, yeah some people, and it doesn't like, work hey, in their favor. Know. Even if they try, they're like, ah, oh, that's exactly yeah. what I want. You never know, you know. Yeah, I went into it knowing that I had other things that I could be doing with my time, but right. I didn't go into it effectively saying I'm not going to get selected. I, <laughs> I I generally try to answer the questions they were asking and yeah. just go for it, you know? Yeah. So. Wake up every day to the same old damn routine. This ain't how it's supposed to happen. This ain't what I dreamed. Said I wake up every day to the same old damn routine But I'ma make a move out to make it happen Cause this life ain't for me so I gotta break out Gotta break out I'm breaking through man, you can't spoil it Call it, but don't call me on the phone.
the song gotta break out why mm-hmm. did you write this song uh it's one of my favorites on the on the record and um you know truthfully i wrote it because i feel um especially well i even just say especially in our country i think in general there is a kind of like worshiping of of money and monetizing mm-hmm. success mm-hmm. monetary success mm-hmm. Uh, that's happened within our culture. And I don't think that abundance or money is a bad thing. I think that it's what I wanted to address was that tension between, um, that tension between, you know, survival and, and greed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, where is that, where, where is that line? Where is it like become like, you know, we all have the homies that every time we talk to them, it's like, they're coming up that what their come their get rich scheme is yeah. what they're going to be doing to right. get more money how they're going to do so you know they're always talking about it. and then it's like well then how, what am i doing like every day getting up punching the pl- clock doing the same old things feeding this machine that like is called capitalism mm-hmm. feeding this machine that's like that's kind of like doing the things that we that that we see in some ways we see impacting the world both positively and negatively. Right. How am I like addressing, like, how do I deal with that? Like, what's my feeling? And to be completely honest, that day that I recorded that with, I worked with a producer, um, Ben Centerfit. He's like, you know, co he produced the whole, the whole record with me. And like, we kind of, we're business partners. We work, you know, really closely together. And that day he had a bunch of friends like coming down that were going to be recording and they were making, you know, a bunch of different music. And that was one of the songs. And I was stressed, man. Job was stressing me, like things were stressing me. And I was like, man, why do I like how, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And that's what came out. You know what I mean? It was like break, you know, I see myself running in circles, trying to like keep up. How do I like find some more serenity? What do I do with this tension that's caused by that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because like you said, when you look at the TV, when you look at the media, they equate money with happiness, but Mm -hmm. then you find these wealthy people, these celebrities committing suicide, you know, they got money, Mm -hmm. but they're not happy. So the way they sell this system, the way they sell capitalism, in my point, is they got to equate it with happiness, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I think it's it's a big surprise once people realize that the more money you get doesn't mean the happier you get. And I, I think Biggie says the, be- the best, right? More money, more problems. That's more. definitely what it is. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's weird too, because that's where the tension is, right? Because yeah. I don't necessarily equate that money causes the problem. Mm. I think there's something I heard that, that somebody said that, uh, you know, I forget who was the quote, but I was watching, you know, Oprah say it, Oprah talk about it. And she was saying that, um, money actually and fame bring out more of who you are. Like, so whatever you were before those things came to you, 
if you didn't have it figured out before you get those things, it amplifies, oh. like just amplifies it even more. I can see that. And I think, and I can, and I can just see that, like for me, it's more about, it's more about like focusing on your, on what, like focusing on the actual thing you want to see grow. Like mm. it, not running, chasing money, not, oh, let me be, uh, so it's like, and it's not even just money. It's all these things. Like, how do I break out of these chains? These mm-hmm. things that like, so that's what it's like, got to break out of it. Like, how do I break out of this mindset? And you, and for me, like when I came to the city, I, cause I moved away for a while. I was living in New Mexico, which is a big, another big influence on my music and a lot New of Mexico. influence. Yeah. New Mexico, uh, in the Southwest of the country. So you went from, uh, uh California to New York to, to Mexico for New Mexico for a little bit. Yeah, man. I was in, um, I went to college out there. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, you know, actually lived out there after college for quite some time. Ah, and, how was that? Um, it was good. Yeah. You know, I, I can't complain. I, I learned a lot. I think it definitely is a place, um, it's definitely a place we're visiting and it's definitely a place where I, I found for me, myself personally, uh, the open space and the, and the kind of landscape of it. Mm. lends itself to some more kind of like introspection being able to disconnect from like you know everything moving so fast and being able to center yourself get more in touch with yourself um so i found it to be a place that for me is is you know i still have family that lives out there my mom still lives out there my my daughter's there um so i my grandmother so there's there's things that still draw me to that place but um but yeah no I, i think it's a great it's wow. a it's a it's a cool place. I've never be, been but, there before, yeah. But I always think when I when it when you say it, it pops in my mind. I just see like this flat landscape, dry. Is it? Basically? It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I'm thinking going from New York to that, man, your ears must have been ringing. I, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When I first went, it was a difficult adjustment, and I went kicking and screaming, and I was mm. like, "Mom, why?" Because mm. my mother moved us out. I was yeah, like, I "Why you. did you come here? Yeah. My last year of high school." Oh God. Yeah. As you grow and you stay out there for for years, you start thinking about, it. and it's just like you know, it became home. You, you met, you have a bunch of friends and people that you make meet out there, and um, you know, it was cool. I, yeah. I, I, I like I said, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. There were a lot of things yeah. um, that I learned about that. I guess where I'm going with with all of that though is like for me, like coming back to New York. That's why that part of came to the concrete jungle. There were uh, bears and lions. Some people, you know, they were small. Other people, they were giants. But mm-hmm. there are really no small people. There's really no big people. But mm-hmm. these are like exaggerations mm-hmm. of these concepts we put on people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the like some people live in low just trying to get paper. Some people like people just trying to figure it out on right. different levels of like this socioeconomical scale. Right. Right. And the reality of it is, is that, you know, when you break through all of those things, like we're all here having like a human experience absolutely and so how we can like like again bringing that theme back of love is the elixir how we can use that love of ourselves love of each other to kind of unify versus like get segmenting ourselves off into i'm rich you're poor you're small so what would you what would you do like you, you know you became a big success and all this money came in what you think that would amplify when it comes to your personality um, you know, I think everything is speculative right now, but if mm. I had to take a guess, what I'm trying to do right now, what I'm doing right now, actually, because I don't want to try, I want to accomplish it, mm-hmm. is is create the framework of 
um, not just monetary success, but success as a round thing. So success in music or success with money is one aspect of it. So that could be like one sliver of the pie chart. So then I'm also working with developing, you know, education, musical education, and also just creative educational programs for young people and people that I think are maybe blocked creatively to grow and give back to people as well in the process of that thing kind of growing. So as this is growing, like from one side of like, oh, the music and people are buying CDs and maybe there's a show, we're also developing that portion of the work, which is more philanthropic, Mm -hmm. which is, so for me, I think what would grow for me would be a desire to, one, I just never want to get to the place in myself that is disconnected from like just every the people that yeah. I, that I that I, that are my people right so i don't want to get like oh man i'm i'm out here and I'm, i feel isolated away from like my tribe so i would want to engage fully with the the communities that i feel like i'm connected to yeah. and figure out ways that i could empower other people to grow as well so i think for me philanthropic work would grow a lot if i had all the money in the world i think i would you know obviously take care of my family take mm-hmm. care of the people closest yeah, absolutely. to me but I would, um, and which would probably be the first priority, but I would definitely look at how I could engage with the communities I care about. Um, I worked in the nonprofit sector for a little bit. And what I learned is that the people who work for the nonprofits generally are playing a game that's a lot bigger than them. And yeah. the reason that is, is that the people who are funding it, funding the work are the ones that generally call the shot. So I would uh, want to use yeah. a lot of the, the money and influence I would have to, to help fund those things for, for us to bring about actual change socially. Oh, that'd be dope, man. That's a good answer. I thought you were going to talk about some other things, you know, the mansion, the cars and all that, oh, which, is, uh, which is good. But, you know, yeah. to keep grounded, I, I think that's the good way to go because it could be lonely. No, for sure, man. Yeah. You definitely, I've, you know, I think you get to a place, I think I've heard every successful person say it. I've had moments where I've had, you know, some monetary success here and there. And you, you realize that those things are not going to make you happy. Like yeah. there's no, like, if you can never get enough, like if that's your goal, like even the most successful people that I've seen that have done things, uh, if their goal was making money, there was never enough money. Right. You know, just so look, it has at, to be just look at capitalism. <laughs> yeah. There's never <laughs> enough. You know what I mean? You, you wonder enough. like, dude, you already got 20 billion. You need more. You know what I mean? It's like, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Exactly. Happiness is the key, man. Happy, happiness, connectedness, being connected to what's real in life. That to me, for me, I don't speak for myself. If I, if I, I don't feel like, and even right now, like my stint, like I, I am, is not lost on me. The blessing that I have for being where I am, mm-hmm. living where I am, having the family I have, the friends that I have, mm-hmm. the things that are in my life, like those things are like, like there's a lot of people when you walk around that they're very, very depressed or sad or like complaining a lot. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, that's cool. I know everybody has hard times and there's things that are definitely difficult in my life too. But if we really look at, really take inventory uh, and do a like gratitude check, I bet you there's a lot that we can be thankful for. You're right. For sure. You're right. You know?
just played this song called Love Remains. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to teach us with this song? Hmm. Teach is a strong one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you, I had some rough experiences after the release of the first record I put out um, and with friendships and, and in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going into this process of working with my with, uh, my partner, Ben, and I wanted I, I know inside of myself if I wanted to make a record that really stand up, I had to let go of resentment mm-hmm. and I had to let go of bitterness. And if it was anywhere in me, like spiritually, I was doing that work and like in my daily life, I was doing that work. But I knew musically the last time I really stepped up to do a project that that wasn't anywhere in my work and I wanted it not to be in my work moving forward. So in order for me to like really like deal with it, I felt like the this was that was the very first song we recorded for the project. What happened? Man? What happened? Ah, uh, <laughs> you know, to me, it's not even worth going into. <laughs> but it's just it's it's those things where you learn about yourself and you learn about friendships and you learn Someone about someone got life away. And, are we? Is that? Are we, nah, not even. It's not even that. Uh-huh. It's not even that deep. It's it's just okay. you know when you think yeah when you think when you what it is is that when you go into any sort of public arena, like even now this, doing a podcast, you put yourself out there. Gotcha. And in that, people have agendas. And mm-hmm. you have an and in doing this, you have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And so you start thinking about those things and those things come up and you say, Oh, you know what? No matter what and this is just universally, it's not even taking it away from that that time period or record in my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Universally I found that like when you start growing and you start doing things like the paths diverge. Sometimes yeah. they, another friend will grow and they'll go some other way. Mm-hmm. And the real friendships, they come back around. You could be 20 years down the road. That's and right. you go, Oh, what you been up to? Yeah. Oh, we're cool. Good to see you. Right. And the ones that are just like, Hey, they were there for a season. Mm-hmm. They're there for a season. Right. And what, what I used to do a lot in my life, I guess if it's teaching anything is I used to try to hold on to those seasonal friendships gotcha. instead of just letting them pass through. Right. And what I'm realizing is that those things, pass through just like I passed through and what I found is like the real friends that I've had over the years when I pick up when we like reconnect like I have one friend that you know I talk to very rarely but we've known each other since we were like 17 years old when I talk to him though it's like no time yeah, has passed, passed yeah. you know what I mean it's yeah. like hey what's going on and it just ticks right back up right it's not that difficult so I guess what I'm saying in love remains is don't let resentment get into your heart yeah. don't let bitterness reside in your heart don't don't get into these kind of like moments where it's like it's so heavy and it's so whatever that you're still living in the past, reliving those moments over and over again. Yeah. And for me as an artist and as a human, and as a person who feels all those things, I wanted to release that from myself and whatever was going on, whatever parts of me. That's that. And, you know, that work continues. Right. You, you, know, you, I mean? you know, that makes sense because I, I had to learn that same thing that, you know, there's people in your life just for certain parts of your life. And you got to realize they were there for that reason. And you mm-hmm. can't have any grudges against that, you know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, if you don't let that go, it's just going to bog you down and you're going to constantly think about the past and miss everything in the present and what can be in store for you. So absolutely. Yeah, choose your life. Choose your life now. Right. right. Don't, don't live in don't live in the old moments like like because, man, I, like that's the thing is like really embracing again, getting back to gratitude. 
like, yeah, whatever you've gone through, it was there to teach you. And if like, like you're here, you're up, you got, you know, breath in your body, you know, food to eat. There's plenty of people who would like trade places with a lot of people. Even right. so for me, it's like, man, I'm, I'm blessed. I can't complain. And it's just really one of those things where you just say, man, let go. Like it's the work that continues. I think it's the thing that gets us stuck a lot of times as people is not letting go of the past, not Absolutely. letting go of things that are bothering us. So that was, that was what love remains. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'm glad you said that. Cause I, I thought it was, Oh, a- another thing. Who is the lady singing on there? She has a beautiful voice. Gianna Carey, she is amazing, and I know you guys are going to hear a lot more from her, and we're going to hopefully be doing some more work together. Yes, Say her name one more really time. Gianna, Gianna, and her last name uh-huh, is Carey. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, no, she's really, really, really talented, and um, yeah, I hope I hope I, I see yeah. a lot of good things coming for her. Yeah, the, y'all two went together well on that song. Yeah. Oh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely I thought the song, you brought it a little deeper than I thought. I thought it was about you had a soulmate and you lost that soulmate, but y'all now friends again. <laughs> so I brought it to there because with her singing that, that's how I felt. I was like, oh, okay. Is that what y'all... You know, but it can apply to that. It could. That's the thing. It's yeah. just not... It's, and I think the best songs is like, you know, yeah, I almost right. hesitate to like give so much of my own meaning to it because somebody else could have lost their soulmate yeah. or lost a, a you know a grandmother or whoever it is and they're like man but that stuff is still like yeah. you know it's still this is that it means that for them so yeah i think the the, the general part of that song is yeah. like you know love love people regardless don't hold on to the past let things go whatever it is yeah. just like hey it could be whatever kind of relationship the song freedom now talk about this song it's a two two edge kind of thing mm-hmm. so freedom in the sense of it's like a metaphor right for the, the rest of the record which is talking about a lot of like socio-political things mm-hmm. and issues. but it is but and, and saying hey 
I always thought that freedom was, uh, I, I was always looking for an earthly love, but now I'm realizing it's something higher. So yeah. that higher ideal of freedom. Yeah. But it's also literal. And I will say this, well, this is the first interview for the record. So it's the first time I'll say it. <laughs> and what I would say is that it was a song that I wrote with a dear friend of mine, um, Elliot Wolf, who is really, really, um, talented producer and songwriter that passed um mm. and he what he wrote um a lot of pop songs straight up now tell me for paul oh, wow. yeah um those, a lot of those things and in the process of making that song um he said to me i was i was actually uh going through a breakup at that moment and he said to me you're gonna find someone that is going to answer all the questions that you have and then that's going to be the answer like to that's like, going to fix all those places with that are that are like feel like broken or jagged right now. Mm. And so I wrote the song thinking about that moment mm. and kind of projecting into the future. And so I like to think that that song is about my wife. And uh. so I like to think that that song is about her and and that that is the freedom, that freedom of love when you find your, your soulmate, when you find the person, that thing that like unlocks and kind of yeah. says, ah, that's the freedom that I was looking for, yeah. that thing that like connects you to another person and just becomes like helps you to be free. Right. So that's what I like to think. Yeah, about. I like freedom. I wish, uh, you know, uh, freedom seems like she's a cool girl. I'm like, wow. She's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> freedom is awesome. <laughs> I was thinking, wow, what, what, and, 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 and as I was listening to freedom, I was thinking about, um, uh, Spike Lee's revision of his uh, show, She's Gotta Have It. She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. I, 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 that, I got that feeling when I was listening to it as well. And I was like, can you, yeah, can you really wife freedom? Can, can yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can, but you can't possess. And yeah. that's the thing that I think I'm trying to get across right. too is like we have a real culture, especially of of men who feel like and i think it's changing with this whole oh, like yeah. you know time's up movement which mm-hmm. is dope to me and i was thinking with that how, how does she how would she feel about that movement i think she feel in tune with it because mm-hmm. i think like the whole idea is is that like you know a, a woman and like so long the women have been subjugated yeah. you know and and it's and it's important to like recognize that yeah a person is not your possession so right. it's important to like have a partner and so for me, it's like recognizing the free spirit, like the free spirit of women, too. Like, yeah. that's another portion of that song. It's like every, you know, like, like, hey, my my wife is my partner. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we're in this 50-50. We're in it together. And so for me, like, that was an important recognition, too, is like, you know, sometimes we're running trying to like again the hit hit on materialism and the picture and what it looks like it's like the line that's like you know she just wants a little time to say what's on her mind like i'm running to go do this thing or that thing or get that or do whatever and really all that's necessary is let's connect let's go like sit down and talk let's go you know build and i think a lot of times people miss that portion of relationship you know absolutely so so let's talk about some things outside of your music yeah. So when you're not pursuing music, what are you doing? Um, well, when I'm not pursuing music, I'm hanging out with my family quite a bit. Okay. I'm hanging out with my friends. Um, okay. um, working as well. I um, I can't say for who, but I yeah, do I understand. Work in, the tech, uh, in, the te- in the tech industry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so yeah, I do I do a lot of that kind of work. What do you like and, to do um, for fun? I mean, for fun, mm-hmm. man. I don't really. 
I, I'm getting into this video game thing. Like, I know I do. Getting I back so into video much. games? Is that what you're saying? Or? Getting back into video games. Okay. I'm like, I'm a, uh, so that is because one of my best friends, he is like, he lives, I, I now, I don't live in New York City at the, at the moment. Mm-hmm. I live upstate. Mm-hmm. So, but he lives in the city. So we got like this like pass where we can like play, you know, Madden and uh, 2K and yeah. all these things. Right. So, so that's like, that's cool. And then, I mean, primarily, man, I'm, I'm heavy on the binge watching, man, on, on <laughs> this, uh, on Game of Thrones. Oh, and, yeah. I'm a big fantasy. I like listen to, I'm like, so like if I have any spare time outside of like work, family and like building like my like like you know kind of like biz dev like kind of stuff like yeah. kind of developing like the business mm-hmm. it's like normally like getting lost in like a fantasy novel or an audio book oh, or yeah. you know watching like uh or watching something on tv that's kind of like the world that i I, well, I like fantasy. You said so. Game of Thrones is one of the fantasy things. Anything else? Huge Game of Thrones fan. Um, I really like. Um, I'm really getting into. Uh, God, what is the name of the book? I'm spacing the author. I'm just getting started with it because <laughs> I got it for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But it's uh it's a book that I really want to um actually should shout out because I really want to like read it. Uh, I'll, it'll come back to me. Yeah, yeah. But I have it. Kid, Last King. It's something like Last Kingdom. I'm finding it right now. Oh, hundred, hundred thousand, the hundred thousand kingdoms by N.K. Jameson. So I started like the first two chapters, and it's like about. It's like a. It's pretty cool because it's like a Africa. Africa. It's a fantasy novel that takes in, in place sort of like in an African kind of world. Oh, dope. But it's not Africa, but it's yeah. like a fictitious world. But the you could tell like a lot of the mythology is drawn from like those kind of like myths. Is it and, an old um, book? Is it or is it pretty recent? It's new, man. Okay. No, it's new. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty new. Yeah. So yeah, I'm into I'm into that kind of stuff, and um, man, yeah, I'm. But I mean. Well, I'm a little disappointed about this year long wait for Game of Thrones. I can't even lie. <laughs> I, I heard it. Yeah, I heard it. Not until uh, I, I heard rumors that it won't be until 2019. 2019. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. That's, okay. That's, it's hurting. It's hurting. A little yeah. Bit, to be honest. Oh, I know. But when it comes back, you know it'll be good. You know it'll be worth yeah. it. You got to find yeah, stuff we, to watch in between. You know. <laughs> oh man, I'm all about the period pieces right now. We're <laughs> watching all kinds of stuff that has to do with like. I've been killing like time with like I love epic fantasy and mm, what I think mm-hmm. is is like a huge you know one of the things I'm exploring that I because I also like write in my spare time like ideas and jot them down it's just how to like you know I think a lot of the epic fantasy is focused on you know more Eurocentric land yeah. tropes and mythology right. so it's interesting because I see a movement of like more stories being told from different regions. So you'll see, you see a lot of it in Asia. Yeah. But I think you're starting to get closer to like seeing some things that are coming out of more yeah. of like the whole African. Like yeah, Black Panther is going to be a big one in a sense. Oof, oh my huge. God. Oh, I love it. I, I love that because it's a character that we need. It's and it focuses on, on Africa and it's just needed because if I always thought as I was young and if you look now you can find it out there if you look at like the Egyptian gods and all that mm-hmm. those right there mm-hmm. could be dope fantasy uh, oh, 100%, figures yeah. right and you could get 100%. the good teaching behind it I'm just waiting for that day that'd be so dope when they do that yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna yeah. happen and it, and it's, you know they've, they've done it right yeah but when they've done it exactly. it's always been 
yeah. casted wrong right. or done wrong. And I think, like, that's because I think that it hasn't been. I think when you start thinking about the amount of awareness yeah. uh, that's coming to, you know, media and Hollywood in general right now around, like, hey, this has been a one-sided kind of right. way of storytelling. You know, you got to think, man, there's been – I mean, for all the crap that he takes, Spike really busted down a bunch oh, of he doors did. Yeah. to really like allow for there to be things that he took a lot of beatings for, mm-hmm. for there to be stories that were more diverse and inclusive. Um, yeah. You have people like, even if you throw in, you know, Robert Rodriguez, but then if mm-hmm. you think about, I remember when I was in film school, it was like super duper rare to have women that were like pursuing directing in the actual directing thing. And, my college made a push to make sure that women were included in that yeah. in in the in those those um those programs because film has long been a boys club and yeah. it's long been it's long been like a like and not just a, it's been long like a white male yeah, club right. like so hollywood is starting to change that yeah. in some ways and taking some moves towards because the world looks a lot different than that. And I think that's going to lead to more interesting stories because there's so many stories from different parts of the world that we don't get to experience. Exactly. It's it's all been one-sided. Right. And they see the money coming in from it too. They can't deny that. Yeah. Yeah. Black Panther's already, Black Panther's already every Marvel movie that's been like, you know, like to this point, including Iron Man. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Like it's crazy. (laughs) It's nuts. It's not and good for Coogler, man. Like yeah. Ryan Coogler, he yeah. deserves it, man. Yeah. He's a good, good director, man. Right. So good for him. Yeah. Before we get to the show, I just want to say thank you for all of you out there who are supporting the show by clicking on the links and purchasing the music or the books. We appreciate you very much. And for all those who haven't and are thinking about supporting us, just go inside the show notes of each episode and click on the links to the songs or the books, and it'll take you right to where you can purchase it. And it's a win-win because you support the guests of the show, um, and we get a small commission, which then goes toward to the operations of the show. So again, for all you who have supported us, thank you so much. And for all those who are thinking about supporting us, we appreciate you as well. All right. Peace. You know, the show's called Books, Beats, and Beyond. You kind of answered part of this question, but just want to take it a little deeper. So you kind of talk about what you're reading now, but what books had the biggest impact on your life? I would say the biggest impact on my life Autobiography of Malcolm X was a big one. Mm, yeah. Um, that was, that was a big one for me. Um, I think, um, what hit you about that book? What hit me about that book was, was redemption. Mm. And I guess what I mean by that is that to, that I always saw, like I always heard stories about Malcolm growing up in my household and it was Malcolm as the minister. So mm. he was already a finished product. Yeah. So to hear his story of being Detroit Red and coming all the way from that to being who he was and that, 
he was once he hit that point it was like no i made a decision this is the walk i'm walking and i'm righteously walking this was like was powerful for me because mm-hmm. it showed that we can make choice and that we can change and pivot and evolve and say, hey, no, I don't. I'm not messing with that stuff anymore. Right. This is like what I'm doing. And so for me, that always that always resonated super strong. That like that like people can change. People do have choice, and right. and it kind of like it spoke to me in a way that I, I didn't expect it to. So that was that was super huge for me. That book, yeah. um, Native Son. Book oh yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean that was that was that was. That was a good one for me. Um, more like lighter reading, man. I know I'm like a super, I mean, this is like this part of who I am, a super big nerd when it comes to the fantasy stuff. I was really big into like Arthurian legends, so like King Arthur. Oh, wow, books, yeah. Those books, okay. like those things really, those were really like big for me too. How about um, Octavia Butler? Were you ever into her? I didn't, I just recently started getting into yeah, it because nobody exposed me, me to it. Right. And so I never, I wasn't exposed to know, hey, there, that she was out there writing, but man, her, her writing is amazing. Yeah. And like, and, and I'm really starting to just now get into the very first book I was introduced to was, um, was probably one of her, her more popular ones, but I, I'm looking into like, I like, I've been looking up online. Okay. I got audible. So I'm like starting to think, okay, what am I going to download? So <laughs> I got like a queue, like working on it. I'm, I'm working through it. I'm going to get to her. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, so the other question we I asked is, uh, what three albums and or songs had the biggest influence on shaping who you are today? So the biggest albums that had an influence on shaping who I am today. Or, or if it's just three songs. It doesn't have to be albums. Nah, songs would be too hard. I'm going to albums. <laughs> songs would be way too hard. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go with that one because it was. Uh, during a time period when my dad was pre- wasn't letting me listen to hip hop music at all because yeah. he just was like, "No, nah, I'm not down with like what man <laughs> said. No, yeah. you can't hear it." And then he heard PE and he was like, "Okay, you can listen to this." <laughs> and right. like I was like, "Okay, so let me <laughs> check this out." And I was like super into it and I couldn't I couldn't put it down. It was and we had like the LP so. I would always have to ask to use his record player and I'll be listening to it. And then I was trying <laughs> to find things and dig things up. So it was, that one really opened me up to like, man, I, I need to be involved with, with this thing. Like I have to figure out how to get involved with music, get involved with hip hop. So that was like huge for me. Did um, you try writing any hip hop uh, when you were little, any rap? Oh, tons of man. I was an <laughs> MC for a long, oh, long time. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was your name? <laughs> Uh, I went by Dom P, and then <laughs> it's my name. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so for a long time. And I was in. Um, I, I made some music in a group called Duality with uh, another friend of mine, JD. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, for sure. That's how me. That's what, that's how me and um, and a couple of my other friends and music kind of linked up through that connection. Um, and yeah, I think the next record would probably be Thriller. Oh yeah, one hundred. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I can't. Absolutely. Who wasn't influenced by Thriller? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think like I'll be lying to myself. Like, I think like that was that was like Michael was like one of the biggest. Oh man, I think, can you moonwalk? On me. 
I cannot move. I, mean, I tried I, all I, my life. <laughs> I, I did too. <laughs> I'm terrible. I, I, I'm glad that that was never recorded. I did get the, the zip up jacket. So I got, oh, like, word. The, I'm the jealous. The red and the black one. I'm I, jealous. I, I need wow, that red and the black. Wow. <laughs> I got that. to get the red and the black. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that was dope. And then I guess, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, who else would be something more, more like, I mean, so those two. If you, have, if you just have two, that that's good. Uh, you know. No, 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 no. I can, I can. I got know. so many. That's okay. what I'm like thinking. Too. I see. I see. I would think this is there's things that have time periods. I need one, and then I need a one A, and then a one B, and I'm, I'm a three A, three B. I'm gonna go D'Angelo Brown Sugar. Ooh, yeah, was huge for yeah. me, like in my twenties. And then I'm gonna shout out because right now we're, we're all men all the time. None of the ladies are getting any love, but I'm going to shout out one of the people I think has one of the most innovative minds in music right now mm-hmm. and is a huge influence on kind of like me seeing possibility of music and thinking, and I'm going to go Janelle Monet and I'm oh. going to go you know, Arc Android because I think Arc Android is one of the most brilliant records and most underrated records uh, in, in the past 10 years. Wow. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, she is. She is very talented. Absolutely. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely talented. Yeah. So what do you want people to mainly take away from your EP, Love Electric? You know, I kind of just, like I said, I I want them to take away the feeling of love being the elixir to the problems that we have, Mm -hmm. Um, being the the solution, I guess is a better word, because elixir people like, and and I take that word elixir from from all my readings, this is a book, people will know this, about the hero's journey, and the hero's journey is the hero goes out, and he's called to action and we go out into the world and you find like you get you, you go this whole direction and there's lots of things in between there that go on that I can skip over. But the end result after the journey is that the hero returns with the elixir. Mm. And if each one of us can return with the elixir and that elixir is love, if that elixir is peace, if that elixir is health, like let's return to our communities with the elixir, with the solutions. Let's meet up and figure out these solutions to these problems. And that's really what I want people to take away is that. You know, through music, through art, through creativity, there's a lot there that's powerful to be able to introduce ideas for the solutions. But the real work is going to come when we start talking to each other and and engaging. And and that's really what this is about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. How, How can people contact and follow you? So you can follow me on Instagram, PRB25. That is uh, my Instagram handle. And so please do that. Um, you can also go and look up my Facebook page, which is uh, Paul Rivers Bailey. That's there. And, um, yeah, that's that's uh, there's more stuff coming. But I, I feel like I'd be reaching. Those are the platforms that I mainly use the most. Yeah. Like those two are like I'm on Instagram. I think if you want to get like the most up to date stuff, like hit me up on Instagram and, and uh, we're going to be launching some. Uh, relaunching some web stuff and, and the record's gonna obviously be iTunes, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. It's gonna, it's gonna be there, um, February 2nd. So, to be able to get dope. that. Yeah. Well, Paul Rivers Bailey, thank you so much for being on Book Speaks Beyond. We appreciate it. Taj, absolute honor, man. Thank you for having me and, you know, shout out to your whole community and, uh, you know, thank you for, for the, for the time, man. It's really appreciated. No problem at all. Hey, if you're enjoying Book Speaks Beyond, do us a big favor. Go inside any of our show notes of any of our episodes, and you'll see an icon 
that will take you to iTunes, where you can subscribe, rate, and leave a review. All right? We appreciate you. Thank you.